Praise the Lord, everyone. I have been gone for a couple weeks. I haven't put out a podcast. We have been visiting with family that have come into town, and it has been a blessing to spend time with the people that we love and the people that instill great things in us and help motivate us and sharpen us. And we love our family very much, and we're so appreciative to have spent some quality time with them the last couple weeks, especially during this whole COVID-19 thing. Uh, We've been apart for some time, and it was just a refreshing, uh, uplifting time to be able to spend with family and friends. I do want to say I am very happy to be back. I've been looking forward to putting out another message and I feel like God has given me something to give to you from my heart and I want to thank you again for your support for listening to my podcasts and putting the time and effort in to listen to what God has for you and what he has for all of us. Today we're going to be um, in the book of Hosea Deuteronomy and Hosea again. So we're going to be, the first scripture I'm going to read is going to be in Hosea 1-2. So I'll give you a chance to grab your Bibles if you have them. If not, no worries. So in Hosea 1-2, the word of God says, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, For the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. We're going to move to Deuteronomy 31.16. And the Lord said to Moses, You will soon rest with your fathers, and these people will rise up and prostitute themselves with the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I have made with them. And then moving back to Hosea 3.1. Then the Lord said to me, Go show love to your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and offer raisin cakes. The title of my message today is The Road Back. I feel like all of us, um, not all of us, but some of us have strayed from where God wants us to be and where he needs us to be. And if you are one of those people, uh, this message is for you. I was one of those people five years ago. So I hope this message blesses you. I hope that if you are away from God, that you know after this that there is hope, that no matter how far you have drifted, God is always calling you and beckoning you to come back to him. So the title's The Road Back. We're going to go ahead and pray, and then we will move on with our message today. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you've done, and we thank you for your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness and the blood that you've shed on that cross so that we can always be with you and have an opportunity to be saved if we choose to put you first in our life, if we choose to honor you and follow your your word and the law that's in your word 
and what you tell us to do and your will for our life will become manifest and will will make us better men and better women and better children of God. And we ask that you give us wisdom and that your voice speaks today and that your message comes forth with great power and great revelation for our lives today. We love you and we pray this in your precious name. Amen. So throughout the Bible, Israel had a destructive pattern of falling into idolatry. Their constant and continuous betrayal of unfaithfulness was disappointing to God, to say the least. Yet God loved them so much that he would send prophets, signs, and other warnings that judgment was coming if they didn't turn from their wicked, idolatrous ways. Many times Israel would ignore the warnings, and their rebellion would force God to pass judgment when it came. They could cry out, they would cry out to him, and in his infinite mercy, as judgment was passed, and his love for them, he would rescue them from their demise. This pattern continues throughout the Bible, not only for the Israelites, but from all of God's people, Gentiles included. Paul was constantly reminding saved saints to God, of God to remember where God brought them from and not to fall into idolatry and the deception of those days. He warned them of false doctrines and false prophets. He warned them not to fall back into sin and back into idolatrous ways. If you are not from Jewish descent, then that means you are a Gentile. This means that we, most of the human population, are Gentiles. And as the Israelites did throughout biblical times, we are also doing in current times. The world is living in a state of idolatry. We have our football players, singers, movie stars, etc. that we idolize and we praise more than we do a holy God. We have become a society of self-gratification and that does not please God. We do what pleases us and not what pleases God. We have become a my time is important and what I do in my time is most important society. Some of us have become our own gods on our own social media pages. We spend time promoting what we do, what we had for dinner, where we went on vacation and all the things we have done more than we do promoting the things of God and pushing the ministry of God and this life-saving gospel that he has given us. We spend more time on leisurely things than we do reading the Bible or praying. Our phones and all the distractions on them have become our gods. It has become so easy to substitute the things of God for time wasted on trivial things. We complain when a preacher's message goes over 45 minutes, but then we can sit and watch a football game or a lousy movie for two to three hours. We have become a society of entertainment, and as our world crumbles around us, we sit and we entertain ourselves to death. As the Roman Empire was collapsing around the Romans, that's exactly what happened. The people of Rome were entertained with the Colosseum's violent games and activities while their society around them and the empire around them was collapsing. This is what we have become. We have become a society that is focused on a need it now, bigger and better, instant self-gratifying mindset. We don't care what we have to do or who we have to hurt. Just give me what I want so I, 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 I can be happy. Who cares about anyone else? And definitely who cares about a God for that matter? We are a society that disrespects authority and doesn't want anybody telling us what to do, especially a God. All the while, God 
in His infinite mercy and undying love is beckoning us to draw closer to Him. The question is, are you? What are you drawing close to? Is it your favorite show, drugs, alcohol, music, or is it your Bible, church, or prayer? We want our finances to be blessed, our marriages, our children, our lives, but we don't want to lean on God for it. All of our things come first and God second. It's only a matter of time before it all falls away and the world we created for ourselves crumbles. And to top it off, when that happens, a lot of us, when our world crumbles and the things we've created and the world we've created and what we wanted crumbles, we tend to blame God for it. And we hardly even talk to Him sometimes. And I'm not saying all of us, but some of us don't even talk to God. We don't even read the Bible. We barely pray. Imagine if we talked to our spouses and our friends as much as we talk to God. We wouldn't have them for much longer. They wouldn't be our spouses, our friends. We are lucky that we are serving a God who is patient, who is merciful, who is loving. But there will come a time when it will run out. This mercy, this patience, it is going to run out. This world, we look all around you, this world is barreling toward Judgment Day. And all these things will be coming to an end. The Bible talks about it. All of these things we see around us are temporary. That's why it's so important to focus on our eternal salvation, eternity. All of this stuff is temporal. But what we look forward to as Christians is getting out of this temporal world into an eternal world with Him. There is an easy way to figure out if you're wondering what the idols are in your life. It is the thing or the things you spend the most time and energy on. What have you placed before God? Do you spend hours on YouTube and only five minutes or less reading the Bible or praying? If so, then YouTube is your God. It is your idol. Anything and anyone that is placed before God is an idol. And yes, that can be a person too. It is time to get our hearts right. It is time to get our minds refocused on Him and the things we de- He desires us to do, not the things we desire. But we need to start to get a mindset of trying to dig into God's mind and trying to delve into the way that He thinks. And guess what, friends? We have a Bible. The Bible is a look into the mind of God. It is the Word of God. So it is time to get the idols out of our life and focus more on those godly things that He wants us to focus on. Now, there's a reason why God, in the scripture we read, used such strong language. Uh, God used the word whoredom, and he used the root word prostitute. And he used these words to make a point. He's illustrating his intense hatred for idolatry. He considers it a fracture in the covenant he has created for us and the covenant that he has entered with us. We are the bride of Christ and he is the groom. And as any groom would be if his wife went off with another man, our God is a jealous God. This jealousy is of a loving nature. It's not an evil jealousy, but one of the, it is one of a healthy love for his children and his bride. He does not like to see his children stray from his mercy his love, and his protection. He hates to see his children put another love, another God, an idol before him. He desires our time. He desires a relationship. He desires love. But he cannot force you to love him. 
We all have free will and can choose to love him or hate him or ignore him, whatever you want to call it. We are not robots. He didn't create robots. Robots can't love. We have to deny and forsake all others on our own and focus firstly on him. This has to be a soul decision from our hearts, from who we are. And this has to be a choice and it has to be done under our own power. He is not going to force you to spend time with him. He's not going to force you to pray. He's not going to force you to read your Bible. And he's not going to force you to turn away from your ways. If you have strayed from him, you are going to have to start focusing on godly things and he will draw you closer as you draw closer to him and that is one if not the hardest things for us humans to do it is to realize that we need help and in order to get that help we need to give up control of our life it sounds weird but we need to you give up control to gain control when it comes to the things of god you have to give up control of your life and the things we have let control us and take us away from God in order to gain true control back in our life. We are stubborn. We are sheep. We are followers. We want to do things our way, but God has a better way. He has a better plan. He has a will for each and every life. And God solidified his intense despise for idolatry through the prophet Hosea, when he ordered him to take a wife that was promiscuous. And one thing to note, friends, from this, if God expects preachers, pastors, and men and women of God to live by example, he expects us to practice what we preach. And a lot of times, he will use a real-life illustration to get his point across, as he did with Hosea. Hosea was the perfect example. He was a prophet and God used his story and his life story, married to an adulterous wife, as an example to show his people how much their God loved them. We may betray God time and time again. However, his love for us never changes. Hosea, time and time again, was betrayed by his wife. Yet God, as we read in Hosea 3, ordered him to love his wife, no matter what she did. And he chose to forgive his wife and love her. And that is the same thing that God does for us in his infinite love. He chooses to do the same for us. Even if we stray, even if we turn our backs on him, even if we curse him, he does the same for us, his children. There was a boy I once knew who had everything. He had a wife a child, a home, a family. He decided to throw it all away to chase his own lustful desires. He was overcome with pride, lust, and a sinful heart. It was taking him deeper and deeper into a pit of despair. The more and more he became wrapped up in his own fleshly desires, the more depressed and lost he became. He had lost his connection with God. He had lost his sense of direction. He had lost his true purpose in his life. With a broken family with nowhere to turn, he found himself at a crossroad. He realized that he needed help. He needed to be rescued. At the point of wanting to take his own life, he realized that he could not help himself. He needed a savior. He needed to turn back to his creator. He needed a supernatural intervention. He needed to find 
his way back home. This boy was me. I was just that. I was a boy. Physically, I was a man, but internally, I was immature. I was irresponsible. I didn't want to own up to my responsibilities, being a father, being a good husband, being a child of God. I wanted to be the ruler of my own life. I wanted to chase after the things of this world and place many idols before God. I chose to prostitute, as the Bible says, myself, as the Israelites did, to a world that went against the things of God. It went against everything I was taught as a child. When I was a child, I grew up as a son of a Pentecostal preacher and a mother in a loving, supportive church. I have seen miracles happen in front of my eyes. I've seen people healed from sickness, heart attacks, and disease. I've woken up in cold sweats, crying from dreams and visions that God has given me during the night. I've watched these visions and dreams come to fruition in exact detail right before me. I have felt the presence of God and the Holy Ghost run through my veins and completely take control of my body. I have had many prayers answered and watched as others have had theirs answered. I have watched people I knew and didn't know be blessed and forever changed by the same things that changed me. However, for 30 years, I ignored these things. I ran from my responsibility as a Christian, putting myself and my worldly desires and needs first before my duty to others. As soon as I began to realize, I knew at a point that I needed to change. I knew that I needed to hold myself to a higher standard, God's standard. I needed to go back to my Heavenly Father. I couldn't just sit back anymore and continue the life I was leading. I once called myself a Christian, went to church, prayed, and read the Bible. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. That is a privilege. Not everybody has felt it, experienced it, or had a chance to grasp a hold of the power that it possesses. Therefore, it once again became my duty as a born-again child of God to hold myself to a higher standard, to lead and need in my life to be able to live according to His Word, so that I may show others who he is through me and the works that he is doing through me. No more shall I just sit back and waste my life on fruitless worldly endeavors. Instead, I shall invest my time in people. I will tell my story to anyone who will listen. I will be a Christian example to all that come in contact with me. I will live to a higher standard so that God may use me for whatever he intended me to be used for. This was my road back. I look back on my life and I see all the times God protected me. I should have died in my truck driving home high and drunk. I should have been beat up, stabbed, shot, or worse, hanging out with the people I hung out with and the places I hung out at. I shouldn't have been in jail or prison for the crimes I committed. And despite my failures and shortcomings, God was always there. Despite me ignoring him for years and cursing him and never acknowledging him, he still loved me and he fought to have a relationship with me. Despite it all, God has blessed me with another wife, a child, an amazing relationship with my son and a wonderful extended family. Like the prodigal son who threw his whole life away, God welcomed him back with loving arms and gave me my life back. He turned 
this mess that I made of my life into a message that I am preaching to you now. See, God has used and is using me to minister to prisoners. I've ministered to Marines. We teach 7th and 8th grade students at Sunday school. He has helped me to turn all my mistakes into advice and encouragement for others who have gone or gone th- gone or going through what I have been through. He used me despite my past, despite my mistakes, and it is because he has never stopped loving me and he never will stop. And through my story and through my testimony, I want to encourage someone today, if you are away from God and you have family that is away from God, don't believe for a second that God has forgotten about you or that he has forgotten about them. He still loves you. He still cares about you. And as long as you are breathing air, you still have a chance to turn back to him. Though you may not, you may not love him now, you may not be focused on him now, and you may have turned your life to other gods, but just know that God, the true and only living God, has his arms stretched out. And he's waiting for you to return. He needs you to give control back to him. When you do that, you will gain control over your life because he will be helping you control it. I also want to encourage everyone listening today to pray for our country, pray for our world, and most importantly, pray for our precious children. Sometimes when I get up in the middle of the night, I walk into my children's room and I kneel by their bed, and I pray over them while they sleep. We need to pray for the future of this world, and that is our children, our precious children. We need to pray that they are not led astray, that there there are so many distractions and so much unspeakable evils in this world that take our kids hostage. They take them hostage mentally, physically, and emotionally. In this world, It's very good at finding a way to enslave the way they think, the way they act, and the way they interact with the society around them. We need to pray that God gives this future generation wisdom to navigate through the lies and the deception that this world is selling them. Because every day we can see it all around us. Kids are hurting. Their families are being destroyed. Their world is being destroyed. Society is becoming more and more dysfunctional. We can see it on the news. We hear it every day. It seems like our world is just going down the tubes and it's getting worse and worse every day. So godly prayer and a deep relationship with Him is the only way to save our children and to give them a solid chance to do something in a world that's chaotic. And be productive in a world that's chaotic. And just because we have chaos around us, having no chaos is not true peace. True peace is having no fear as you go through and move through the chaos. It's like Adam, uh, it's like um, Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel went into the lion's den, he had no fear. That's a chaotic environment. He's in a lion's den. As soon as they threw people in there, they were pretty much eaten up and destroyed. But Daniel had no fear. He knew that God was going to save him. So the absence of chaos is not true peace. 
In order to find true peace in this world, we need to build a relationship with God who is the Prince of Peace. And that will get us through a chaotic world. And if we end up straying down the wrong path, it is the only thing that is going to bring our children back. It is the only thing that is going to bring us back to a road of spiritual recovery and salvation. The road back is never easy. Me, myself, I needed a lot of growth. I needed to change a lot of things, and I'm still a work in progress. That's why this process is called sanctification. God is continually working in us and working through us to change us. And God is still working on me. The road back hasn't been short. I mean, I wish it would have happened a lot faster, but it didn't. But you can look back, and I can look back and see why specifically it's not so short. Because if God just changed everything in a moment, you wouldn't appreciate it. But there's a process that he has to take us through. He is our father. We are his children. He teaches us lessons as he brings us through trials and tribulation. And we don't learn anything if he just saves us from everything. He didn't promise that we would not suffer in life and that bad things would not happen. He promised that he would never leave us or forsake us, that he would walk with us hand in hand and get us through those trials and tribulations. Because that is the only way that we learn is when we are pushed out of our bubble and we are faced to conquer certain giants in our life. And God is the one who leads us and promises us that he will never forsake us and he will never leave us or give us too much that we can't bear it. And he will, if we lean on him, he will help us through these things. And we have to understand that the road is not short and that's because his thoughts are not our thoughts. The Bible says his ways are not our ways and his timing is not our timing. But know this, that God, with God at the center of your life, there are many, many concrete reasons to feel confident about your future. Because when I was lost and I was out in the world, I had no, I, I didn't even think about the future. But now that I'm in the church and now that I have God centered in my life, I know that I have a future and that future is more bright with him because I have a purpose and that purpose is first concrete in him and a solid foundation centered in him so he can lead me to help others on their road back home. Whoever I'm talking to right now, I want to say this one thing. If you're away from God, you can make it back. You do have a future. Do not lose hope. You can change for the better. There is peace. There is hope. There is a way. And Jesus, the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross is the answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He said it. So if you are lost, he can help you find your way back. If you need truth, and you're looking for it and you're searching for truth, He will lead you to it. If you desire a new life and a new purpose, God's purpose, He is waiting to give it to you. So start today making your way back. Start praying and getting closer to Him and building a relationship with Him, reading your Bible. Start 
doing more things for Him and focus your life on Him. And He will be waiting for you with outstretched hands welcoming you back home. The road is tough without Him. But once you build a relationship with Him, once you realize who He is, once you have a revelation of the supernatural power that He has to change your life, the road becomes much, much easier. I want to thank you all for listening again, and I really hope that this message blessed you. I hope that my testimony blessed you. And just know once again that God loves you. He will never turn His back on you. The only reason that we ever come back to Him is because He's always pulling at us. He's always calling to us. He's always pleading with us. He's always loving on us. So as soon as you take those steps towards him, he's going to take steps towards you and he will meet you where you step and you guys will meet and your life will change for the better as mine did. I never thought I'd be doing what I'd be doing now. I never thought I'd be making a podcast, stay up late. I used to stay up late in the night, um, you know, playing video games and playing poker and all this other stuff. But now I stay up late and write messages, you know. And I feel good. I have a sense of purpose. And God is using me, like I said, not because I'm an amazing person. It's just because that's just the way He is. He wants to prove to you that He can change you and that your world can change, that your life can change and things can be different and He can use you for His purpose no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter what you've done. And that's what it's about. It's about showing God's glory and His honor and His uh, power in, that He's invested in me and giving that to you as a way of feeling that no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, that there is hope and there is peace and that God has that for you. Lord, I thank you for this message that you've given me today. I thank you for helping me share this with all the listeners out there, I ask you to use it to touch someone, to encourage someone, to bless someone. And uh, if there is anybody out there that has been thinking about coming back to you, we ask that you show them the truth and show them the way back to you and open those doors that they need to see to get back into your loving arms and to feel how much you love them and how merciful you are and how gracious you are and how loving you are. And I'm so thankful that you never gave up on me and that you always loved me and you never stopped loving me and you never stopped caring for me and that I wouldn't be here if you didn't help me turn my life around. And I thank you for your love and I thank you for your mercy and I thank you for never giving up and being faithful. And I ask you to bless someone today and to touch their hearts and to lead them back and to lead them closer to you. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. Well, once again, I want to thank you. I went a little bit over today, but uh, I have to give you what God has given me. I hope you are blessed and I hope you have a wonderful day today. And we will see you next time for our next podcast. God bless you all. I love you and appreciate you. And if you 
can think of anybody that can benefit from this message, please share it with them. And God will bless you richly. All right. Hey, have a good day. God bless.